Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from the San Francisco Bay Area is Jay Mumford. Jay is Senior Global Compliance Manager from the Corporate Compliance Department at BioRad Laboratories. And today we're going to talk about some interesting work that he's been doing that he shared with me recently. Jay, first of all, thanks for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Sure, sure. My pleasure. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, when we talk, you told me you're a big advocate of something called MTR. First, can you describe what MTR is? Yeah, MTR is is just a, an, an acronym that I came up with. It stands for Metrics, Targets, and Response Plans. In in a nutshell, it's a it's an approach to solving problems at scale um, that uh, that I've found that works pretty well, especially in a in a compliance department type of environment. Um, it's an approach that I've been using that goes back to some original ideas from, from the quality literature. There's a, one, of the, one of the quality uh, gurus back in the day um, said that where there is no standard, there can be no improvement. And for these reasons, standards are the basis for both maintenance and improvement. And as I thought about what that meant, uh, to me, what it, what it meant was if we have a process that we're managing, whatever that compliance process might be, and, we, and as compliance professionals, we're managing lots of different processes from training, tracking, to incident management, to, um, to website traffic, to our compliance assets, uh, to completion of, of, of assigned um, forms and requirements. Uh, there's just a lot of different processes we can be responsible for. And as I thought about how do we manage those at scale, uh, these, these quality literature ideas of standards and then measurements and then targets against those standards uh, and then response plans if we don't meet those targets. That's sort of over the years, it's sort of coalesced in my in my mind to MTR, metrics, targets, and response plans. And so as we look at that and how we implement that, um, I started also to think how I could implement these ideas across my team. So I, in my particular role, I've got responsibility over um, our activities related to data privacy, to our uh, anti-corruption, certain anti-corruption processes that, that uh, we're responsible for, uh, for records and information management, and also our entire compliance training and education um, structure. We have about, in my particular company today, we have about 10,000 employees, and they take four or five courses a year on average. That's over 40,000 student plus course combinations a year, and we want to make sure that all of those students complete all of their training uh, in a timely fashion. So wherever I looked, I saw data and lots of data, um, and I saw metrics, and I saw the need for targets, and then I saw the need for and the benefit to identifying response plans if we don't hit those targets. Without an MTR model, you're sort of um, whacking at whatever pops up. You're sort of dealing with the thing that's on fire right now. And, and I felt that that couldn't be the best way uh, to, to implement uh, mechani mechanisms to be successful at scale um, with precision um, at scale and also things that would be repeatable, um, uh, that would be um, scalable and repeatable. I wanted to be able to do things in a scalable and repeatable way across all those domains. Uh, and we can't add people, right? That's usually not really an option in compliance. Uh, we have the tech that's available to us. And so it, it, it pivots on the mindset of, of being able to apply, identify metrics, targets, and response plans to be able to deal with all of these different categories of, of obligations and to do it at scale on a global basis. So that's what MTR, that's kind of where MTR came from. And that's what MTR can help with. 
Now, you mentioned it can be very helpful for tracking training. Uh, are there other compliance areas where MTR is good for solving problems? I mean, you know, absolutely. One area um, that, I, that I'm responsible for is records management. So inside our company, over the 70 years or so of history of our company, we've accrued a large, no, we had accrued a large number of, of physical records in boxes that were being stored at offsite vendors. So in the USA and Canada alone, we're a global company, but just in the USA and Canada, we had many, many thousands of boxes that were in storage. And essentially, though, a lot of those boxes um, were going to be stored forever unless we, as in myself and Robin, my team member, our global records management person lead, unless we came up with a way to be able to uh, assess these many thousands of boxes uh, and then identify which could be uh, disposed of already and also identify a method to assign a disposition for the boxes that we didn't really know about. So the bottom line was initially before the MTR process, before Rob and I worked together, she had a spreadsheet with about 38,000 rows on it, one for every box. And that spreadsheet had a lot of data, but the spreadsheet was just really hard to use. And the, the tens of thousands of rows meant that it was essentially an avalanche of details. And so when, I, when Robin came over to my team, and we tried to apply the MTR concept, what we did was we developed, uh, we worked together and it took about a month, but we developed a set of metrics. And in fact, we developed a set of 31 separate metrics and then said, okay, these are the metrics that we need to be able to track for each one of these metrics. What is the target that we want to hit? And then if we don't hit it, what's our response plan? So before the MTR process, it took out a about a month just to simply assess that giant spreadsheet. We had no clear metrics, we had no dashboard, and we really had limited ability to focus on the top issues. So what, what happens was happening to her, and it happens a lot in compliance, we have really hardworking professionals, but the data is not focused and the resources aren't really being maximized. And so you kind of go around in a circle whacking at things, you're in a whack-a-mole type of response mechanism. So with the MTR approach, what we did was, I used her deep subject matter expertise, right? She's got 20 years of experience at records management. She knows what she needs to measure, but the challenge she had was she knew what she wanted to measure, but she didn't know how to get from where she was, giant spreadsheet with 40,000 rows on it, to where she wanted to get. And where she wanted to get to was this collection of metrics. So she and I worked through, as she would describe, well, what I'd really like to know is how many boxes are more than six months old, but you know, don't have this criteria. So we took each of those and we boiled those down into metrics. Uh, and that was where our 31 metrics came from. The next thing was I wrote, uh, working with her, some software using a programming language that's embedded inside Excel. So in fact, it's already in Excel and it's free. It's a programming language that's been around for a very long time. It's called VBA. And there's a ton of great YouTube content on how to write VBA programs. Um, and with that, and I've been writing for quite a while. So with that, with her knowledge of the subject and what she wanted to be able to measure, and my knowledge of how to make the B, write the BBA, we combine that together and that allowed us to create at the end, we have an app that she runs and she runs that basically every week. And that app takes about 10 minutes to run. So it's not the fastest app in the world, but it's certainly a lot better than once a, once a month or once a quarter. And that app spits out when it reads in the giant spreadsheet basically, and then it spits out based on the latest data in the giant spreadsheet, it spits out this collection of the 31 metrics. So for each of the things she wanted to know, now we know what the answer is on each of those 31 things. Then she can plan based on that. Okay, metric 31, 
um, has a 17. I want metric 31 to be zero because say metric 31 is how many boxes have been sitting on the dock and haven't been assigned a code yet. That's a risky place for boxes to be. And so we now know that metric 17 has a, a score of X and then we attack that specific problem. So we did that over and over again and we just kept doing that. And essentially what that allowed us to do was in, the mat in a matter of, of, of a few quarters, we were able to drive the problems that were hidden in plain sight in this giant spreadsheet of 38,000 data records, we were able to drive those problems really into view, zero in on them, attack them, and then kill them. So where we are now is a much, much better place than we ever were before. And we didn't add any people, right? I mean, I, I, she, already, she had a manager before, it was just a different manager. We didn't add more Robins, right? And, and Robin already knew the content uh, in, the, in the subject matter, but she didn't she, the thing that we mixed together was my process and data focus and MTR focus together with her functional knowledge. We stirred those together, throw in some code so we can do it at scale. And then that's what led us to a, a, a very good, a very good result. And in fact, just to finish this story, we implemented the metrics in, in 2020 and 2021. Last year, we set a big, hairy, audacious goal or a BHAG, if you guys might know that from the management uh, jargon, we set a bodacious goal of having every single one of the 11,317 boxes in North America and Canada that were in offsite storage, every one of those 11,000 boxes that had not been dispositioned, we set a goal that in the year of 2022, between Jan February when we kicked off the project and, and the 30th of September when we finished it, that every one of those boxes would be dispositioned. We used the MTR model to zero in on the boxes that weren't dispositioned and subdivide them and attack, attack, attack. And we did actually achieve that objective um, as of September 30th of last year, every single box um, had been dispositioned. So that's a great story. Um, let me ask you the flip side though, where is the MTR model not such a good uh, solution for a compliance challenge? Well, I think if you're, if you're trying to strategize high level objectives, uh, if you're trying to convince the business that they should invest in implementing incentives for ethical conduct in the performance management system, you know, if it, the, the strategic setting of the target isn't what MTR is the best at. M MTR is, is good at allowing you to achieve a strategic, strategic objective, right? But it's not, it's not really a method for you to decide what strategic objective that you want to achieve. Um, the last piece of that though is that with MTR and the example I had a minute ago, we decided we want to clean up every single box. And that's a great strategic objective. In fact, many companies don't even try that because it's just too hard. But when we decided we were going to do it, then MTR helped immensely in being able to do it. Now, you mentioned a tool within Microsoft Excel. Um, I know you're also a big fan of some of the other Microsoft tools out there as a way to enable both MTR and compliance programs as a whole. Um, can you give us like a two-minute rundown of some that people should check out? Microsoft is the tool, is the platform in this company. If your company uses Google, then you won't have these tools. Really, at the, the two-minute level, the, the, there's two things that you can go dig into, and there's a ton of YouTube content um, by, uh, on all of these subject areas. But one of the major topics I'd like folks to dig into a little bit is called the Power Platform. So the Power Platform is embedded inside the Microsoft um, uh, you know, enterprise experience. And Power Platform includes multiple tools that assist in automation, automation of boring, repetitive, 
error prone types of activities. But those sort of at the end of the day, we end up doing a lot of that to get our dashboard. So the Power Platform includes uh, five pieces. One is called Power Automate. Um, then there's also Power Apps and then Power Virtual Agents um, and a few more pieces. So I'd invite you to take a look at uh, some YouTube content on what Power Automate can do, what power, the Power Platform includes. We've been leveraging those tools extensively, extensively now for several years. I would say sort of the takeaway is I have a team of four plus me. With the Power, with the power Platform tools, we're able to do the work of say seven people or eight people um, without working harder. I'd point folks at the Power Platform and also the last, the other major category is frankly the VBA, the Visual Basic for Applications. It's a programming language embedded in Excel and you can use Excel to control PowerPoint and to control Word. And there's just a bunch of things you can do there to tie these tools together to eliminate manual activity. Great, and I love the fact that they're all freely available to most of the people who are listening to it given how many folks out there have Microsoft uh, on their desktop. Mm -hmm. uh, Finally, um, if someone were to begin using MTR, where's the best place to start? Well, I think I think the key there is really MTR is just a flavor of the concept of metrics and applying metrics. And there's four roadblocks that people run into with, with metrics. First, they don't have any metrics. So I say start small, just even have one metric, M1. M1, number of, of emails I received. You know, even if it's not, you're not solving, you're not boiling the ocean here, the minimum viable product, the MVP, have one metric. Another, you don't have any money to buy tools. Well, frankly, there are tons of free tools, right? And we just talked about a bunch of tools like Excel and VBA. You don't have a time or budget to create metrics. You don't have time to create metrics. Well, frankly, you're too busy not to develop metrics because if you don't have any metrics, you are not focusing on the things that matter the most. So MTR starts with metrics. You've got to find time to create a, a set of metrics. And then finally, I guess you could say, hey, my company's already got a bunch of software tools. Um, you know, these out-of-the-box tools, they have reports, and that's what that's all I need. A lot of times that's not really true. Those those reports that come out of the box aren't really solving the problem you need to solve. So I refer back to the idea of identifying specific metrics that you actually need, um, not just whatever the choices are that come in the dropdown in the software product. So that's a, a couple of ideas of the main problems people face and that I face, frankly, with metrics until I realized that not having metrics uh, that I needed was was more was slowing me down more than the effort to create them. Well, that's a great place to start, and this is a really interesting approach. Jay, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your insights with us. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Jertletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.